Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? I know the spiritual thing to say is, yes, we got our Savior, but, but did, you, did you get everything you want for Christmas? Because I think often our actions betray our motives. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so when we think about Christmas, we often think about the stuff of Christmas. And so I put together, you can see in this slide up above me, that our actions betray our motives. Estimates are that the average that Americans will spend on Christmas gifts this year is $886 per person. We spend an average of $118 for a Christmas tree and just over $200 more for more Christmas stuff, uh, decorations, those kind of things. 41% of Americans go into debt at this time of year to pay for Christmas. Do our actions betray our motives? An estimated, this, this one blew me away, an estimated $15.2 billion, that's with a B, billion, is spent on gifts that aren't wanted. They're either going to be returned or they're going to be re-gifted. They're, they're unwanted Christmas gifts. $15.2 billion spent on those. And then some other things I think are interesting. 6,000 people end up in the ER due to injuries trying to open presents. Now, if, have you ever tried to free a Barbie doll or an action figure from the plastic they come in? I mean, you're using, every, you're using circular saw, knife, every, whatever you can get to get that thing out of there. So I kind of get that. 6,000 people injured. And, and this may help you also. On average... Uh, people gain six pounds of weight between Christ Thanksgiving and Christmas. Does that help? A little too much joy, maybe? <laughs> well, I wanted to focus this in on what I think Christmas is actually about, and that is, you, can, you, you know from our, our uh, memory verse this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. It will be up here behind me. 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Have you ever seen anything that's absolutely indescribable? I'm a sun, I love sunsets. And, and sunsets in Arizona are some of the prettiest of any place I've ever been. Arizona has some amazing sunsets. But how would you describe that sunset? If you were talking to somebody on the phone while you're looking at the sunset, how would you describe that? It, it would be pretty hard. It's colorful. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's the greens and the, and the oranges and the reds. And you're trying to, it's indescribable, right? You just kind of have to say, you should see this. Or how about an experience that you've had? Uh, for instance, think about relationships in your life. Those who, maybe in your Christian life, have made an, a real impact in your life. How would you describe that? How can you put that into words? The, 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 the way this person, the effect this person had on you. It's, it, there's so many ways this person affected me and, and changed my life. How do I describe it? It's indescribable. So that's, that's when Paul says... Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
He's saying it's beyond description. It's something he can't even quantify. It's something he can't describe. Now, in the context of this letter, Paul is writing to a pretty troubled church. If you've read 1 and 2 Corinthians, you know this is not a healthy church. <laughs> this is a church that's dealing with a lot of stuff. It's having a lot of problems. And those problems are coming out. And so, so Paul writes these two letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. He writes these letters to this church trying to help them fix all of the problems that they're having. And in chapter 9, in spe specifically, he's talking about giving. And he's, this is where we get the uh, cheerful, the, the idea of God loves a cheerful giver. And, and those who sow sparingly reap sparingly. Um, those concepts are, are right here in chapter 9. And in the midst of all of that, he turns and says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He's showing us that God has given us everything. And yet, this gift is absolutely indescribable. Now, I want you to consider Paul. Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. He was the, probably the greatest mind of Christianity in that day, certainly, and maybe ever. He, he literally lays out theology so easily. In the letters to 1 and 2 Corinthians, he writes how the Holy Spirit works, how it works in our lives. Just past this, in, in chapter 10, he worked, he's talking about living in the, in the Spirit versus living in the flesh. In, in the first, his first letter, he talks about all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what those look like in your life. And yet, when it comes to the gift of Jesus, what does he say? Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. I think this is indescribable. Even to the mind of Paul, it's indescribable for four reasons. The first one is because of the grace by which it's given. The second is the nature of the gift. The third is the, the purpose of the, of the gift. And the fourth is the effect of the gift on us. And so let's look at these kind of one at a time. First of all, the grace by which this gift is given. If we're honest, most of us, we give, we give gifts to, to our immediate family, and then we start into coworkers and, and friends and neighbors and those kind of, and, and if we're honest, most of that's obligation, right? We just feel kind of obligated to give these gifts to other people at this time of year. Or maybe it's Salvation Army or Toys for Tots or something like that that you just kind of feel obligated to give a gift to. But did God have any obligation toward us? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Think about God's obligation to us. Honestly, he should have smited us. <laughs> he should have cursed us. He, he built everything we see, everything we know. And what do we do? We spend most of our time trying to destroy it. He gives us relationships. And what do we do with those? We spend... Our, uh, most of our time wrecking them with sin and, and, and selfishness. He gives us church relationships. And what do we do? We, we challenge those with our own preferences or our own desires. He, we spend most of our time in rebellion against God. What does he owe us? Nothing. Yet, 
He sends us on that first Christmas a Savior, the indescribable gift of grace. Next is the nature of the gift. I'm going to read this to you and, uh, and the, the, because uh, this is from the, the Council of Cal, uh, Chalcedon in 451 A.D., it says that the, the gift of Jesus, how do, how do we describe the nature of Jesus? This is how the Council of Chalcedon decided to, de, to describe the gift of Jesus or the nature of Jesus. It's, it's perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood. Truly man of a reasonable, rational soul and body, consubstantial, coessential with the Father according to manhood in all things like us yet without sin. Begotten before all the ages of the Father according to the Godhead. And in these latter times for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary and the Mother of God. According to manhood, one and the same. Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten to be acknowledged in two natures. Inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, and the distinction of the natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved. Got it? You want me to read it again? No, please don't, right? How do we describe, how do we understand the nature of Jesus? Well, let me say again, one of the greatest minds in all of Christianity said this, thanks be to God, for his indescribable gift. That's how one of the greatest minds in Christianity could not figure out how to describe the gift of Jesus. And the next is the purpose of the gift. God sent Jesus to save you and I. No other reason. No other reason. He didn't send Jesus because he felt an obligation to because he doesn't have an obligation to us. We have destroyed everything he's ever given us. He didn't send Jesus to obligate you to something. He sent Jesus out of love and grace, pure grace and love, just to save you, even if you don't believe in him. Even if you don't believe in him, he is still available as soon as you place your trust in him. He sent Jesus, think about this, he sent Jesus as a boy, as a baby, knowing there were going to be people that would never accept it. Knowing that this gift would never be accepted by some people. It just wouldn't. Yet he sent him anyway. God sent this this gift for one purpose, and that was to save those who would believe. And then the effect this, this gift has on us. This gift is special because it has a tremendous effect on us. It has, in fact, an indescribable effect on us. We have joy. Now, that's different from happiness. Happiness is based upon circumstances. I can wake up with ha- happy or unhappy. My wife will tell you most of the time it's unhappy. But because that's based on circumstances. Joy is knowing that Christ died for me. 
Joy is, is what I have inside that cannot be taken away. We have joy. We have peace. Peace with God and with each other because of the sacrifice of Jesus. We, we become children of God, as it says in, in 1 John. All who would receive him, he gave the right to be children of God. We become his kid. And that means we're brothers and sisters here. That means that Paul, who wrote this letter, is our Christian brother. We have brothers and sisters around the world and through history because we are all children of God. We become children of God. And we are transformed. Not only are we, our nature, transformed, but our world is transformed. Our world is different. We look at the world differently, don't you? Do you remember what, how the world looked before you came to Christ and how it looks now? How we look at other people, how we look at events, how we look at everything. Those sunsets, I have always kind of enjoyed sunsets, but since knowing Christ, I know that is just pure pleasure for God to paint that for me every day. Maybe you're a sunrise person. God takes the time to paint that for you every single day. It shows his faithfulness. It shows his love. It shows that he takes joy in you and your joy. Everything is transformed. So how do we describe the gift we've been given at Christmas, that first Christmas? All, all I can think of is to say with Paul, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. But honestly, it's not about trying to describe it, is it? It's about receiving it. It's really about knowing that that gift came for you. Think, think of a Christmas gift. I can give you something. You can leave it under the tree unopened, or you can open it and receive it. This gift, the gift of Jesus, needs to be accepted. It needs to be opened and received. Have you received the gift of Jesus? The gift that God gave out of complete grace in order to save you and transform your life. Have you received this gift? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Because you can receive this gift right now. It's as simple as a prayer. It's as simple as saying, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong, I've, I've, I've done things wrong, I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that you sent this gift to me on that Christmas day to save me, to pay my price for my sin. So I ask you to, to forgive me. Out of your grace, forgive me. And come into my life and transform my life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning you know Christ. But as you think about Christmas, it hasn't been about Christ. It hasn't been about the indescribable gift that you've been given by God. It's been about the stuff. Will you take this moment to focus back in on the, the indescribable gift of Jesus that God's given us.
Father, we thank you. We thank you for this gift. And thank you doesn't say enough. You have out of your grace, out of your love, given us the greatest gift, the gift that truly keeps on giving. And we thank you. Help us to stay focused on the gift you've given us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.